We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. As heard right here on the fan, we had some Pac-12 after dark. The six-ranked Oregon Ducks take down USC 36-27. to um, Three straight in the series for Oregon. You know the last time USC won a game against Oregon? When the, what year that was? Uh, 2016? It was 2016. Wow, yeah. look at me. Super yeah. smart. Oregon has won five of the last six. Check uh, out the big brain on Brad. Brad. That's right. Five of the last six heading uh, dating back to 2012. So Oregon has dominated this, uh, this series of late. But what we saw on Saturday was, you know, they did, Oregon didn't cover. Uh, it was a 15 to 16 point line, depending on when you bet it and where you got it. But Oregon uh, did not cover that one, despite a late touchdown backdoor cover from USC, mm-hmm. 36 to 27. And the question is, you know, and this is the point of the season that we're at. Oregon beats USC, and you know, a few years ago, that used to just be enough weight to to stand on its own. Of, right. That is going to you know either push you up or hold you steady. Is in now we're sitting there and we're looking at was nine enough to impress people uh, with Oregon's win over USC? Well, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be. I, I was looking at you know guys will go on Twitter or X and they'll post, "Hey, I'm an AP voter. Here are the yeah. people that I voted for." And uh, the one that I saw, Brett McMurphy with Action Network, he had Texas over Oregon, and he had had Oregon over Texas for a very long time. Yep. And the problem is, is like Oregon played USC almost too late, right? If you play USC before they play Notre Dame and you win that game, that's a top 10 win. That's a big Mm -hmm. game. You're playing USC after they've already lost, you know, three games. You end up being their fourth game. It's not as big of a deal. They're not ranked anymore. And the problem is because it's such a late game, most people are going to watch this game or look at the box score and go, oh, well, they only beat them by nine. It must have been close the entire way. Oregon dominated that game. And Mm -hmm. if they don't, shoot themselves in the foot with a bunch of stupid penalties they win that game by three or four touchdowns but they did and so that score looks a lot tighter than it really was look that score that drive where they just kind of kept shooting themselves in the foot and backing themselves up they get inside the five yard line and you're going what is going on here and they march themselves backwards if they you get if you keep getting six right Mm -hmm. that game goes from nine to 30 in an instant 100% 100% if you don't chase uh, two-point conversions. Right. Yeah. But what I mean, okay. The first one, I don't have a problem with. The second one, I do. The second one where you're chasing the points where you're it's just chasing. kicking the extra point. That's exactly right. where I stand on that right. one, too. Even though I don't think that the look was necessarily there to throw the football on the swinging gate. Right. But at that point, there's no need to chase it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, again, we have another uh, missed field goal. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be a, an ongoing thing where, you know, you, look. 
Camden Lewis wants to make every single kick when he when he comes out on the field. Mm. We all know that. But is this going to be something where as this season progresses and you get in another tight game, as you're looking down the schedule and you say Arizona State this week, weird things have happened in the desert mm-hmm. late in the year for Oregon. Uh, then you have Oregon State. All bets are off in that one. You, yeah. And then a potential Pac-12 championship game where you are going to have, in, in one of those three games, hell, it might be all three of those games. Mm-hmm. You may need a kicker. And it's gonna it's not gonna be all easy sailing, even like in this game where they you know, USC outscores them thirteen to seven to make the score more respectable at the end. There's never you never had the feeling that the game was gonna be in doubt. You will need no. a kicker at some point this year mm-hmm. though. And I think that is where that's something that I know is in the back of everybody that's watching these duck games. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you've had one game where you needed a kicker and you know, he frankly he didn't show up. Now, is it all his fault because he missed that kick? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, but your job is to go out there and execute, and he didn't execute, and, you know, I'm around the same age as a lot of these guys, so I don't have as hard of a time calling people out for that, but if you don't think that you're going to need him again in the Oregon State game or in the UW game, you're crazy. You are going to have to kick field goals, and he's going to have to make them. And it's it's an amazing thing because, and we can talk about this a little bit later, but I think that the game being so late, it will, it benefited Bo Nix in the Heisman conversation mm-hmm. because I think what people did was they watched early in the game and they saw Oregon go up early and then they probably just turned the TV off, went to bed. You open up the box score the next day and you're like, Oh my gosh, it was only a nine point game. You don't get a feel for how that game played out and that Oregon it did control it, mm-hmm. but it will help Bo Nix at the end of the day with the Heisman race because the reigning Heisman trophy winner, when you look at their stats side by side, Bo Nix Going twenty one of thirty one and in for four hundred twelve yards and four tutties and the way that Oregon really put the clamps down on on Caleb Williams, it it that will pop off right. But I don't think the final score will, and that's that's one of the things that watching that game and uh, I, I know that a lot of folks in in like we have it in the YouTube comments right now, like hey, you know Oregon was in control of that game. It was thirty six to fourteen. And then there was a pass interference call, which Wasn't. I thought was a little ticky tack, um, especially with a ball that was poorly thrown, uh, and the receiver trying to come back to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you call that one. It it wasn't a pi. It did. The game was not. It, it was in hand. Like Oregon was controlling. If that goes incomplete, that, and you're on a fourth, that was fourth down in their own territory. Right. Oregon goes down, they tack another uh, one on. Another touchdown. They Whoa. go all DJ Khaled. Another one. Another one. My my biggest issue is this, and it seems to keep rearing its head time and time again, is the offensive line penalties when you're about to score. It's offensive line penalties in the red zone. And this isn't the first game where you have like a dumb jump off sides penalty, where that's just being disciplined and understanding what the snap count is. You have a bad set, so now you have to hold. And that takes away a first down where Bo found Bucky Irving on that little uh, Texas route Mm -hmm. that they ran. The offensive line, and I love that they have the ability to have eight guys in that they rotate. And it's clearly made a huge difference because they can go fast and guys are 
healthy and you haven't had to worry about like, oh, we lost our left tackle. Will we have someone who can replace him? And that you isn't lean something... on teams later in games too. Right, a hundred percent. But at the same time, it seems like you have these little issues where because guys aren't in the complete flow of the game or because they have a lack of focus for one minute, one play, it ends up costing you and it leads to you having to kick field goals. And in some cases, it leads to you missing field goals, right? Mm -hmm. They have to do better and they have to execute better at that offensive line position pre-snap because when they are struggling or when they're having drives that stall, it's not on Bo, it's not on Bucky, it's not... Like there's very few times other than Tez where I've been like, wow, guys are dropping the ball. It's the offensive line, and it's because they're, you know, they're not setting the way they need to. So they're undersetting a guy. So they have to hold, and then they get a holding penalty, or they jump off sides because they're not thinking about it, or they go too far downfield, yeah, an eligible think, man downfield. I think that's the thing that they have to play better. Is is glaring is that it's in a lot of different ways. It's like it's they they've mental. done it's they've false starts, holds, ineligible man downfield. It's kind of like. Any way that they possibly could, they're finding ways to right. to have those, and those can be drive killers against great teams. And USC is not a great team, and I think that was glaring. And I think one thing that if you look at the two games that were closer than they should have been, mm-hmm. yep, the USC game, thirteen penalties, one hundred twenty yards. Texas Tech, fourteen penalties, one hundred twenty four yards. That's you keeping got, a minute. Yeah, you're keep you're allowing a team to hang around mm-hmm. that. With the way that that defense played, I, I thought Oregon's defense was incredible. When you oh, fantastic. When you take Caleb Williams and think about it, and you bottle him up to where the Ducks held SC to 242 yards of total offense through the first three quarters of the game. The first three quarters of the game, you hold Caleb Williams to 169 yards passing and not a single touchdown throw. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I mean, that is where you're... You know that at some point, Caleb Williams, because of how good he is, he is going to make his mark and imprint on the game. I thought for those... And and he did in the fourth quarter. No doubt about it. But I thought Oregon did a phenomenal job of staying in their passing lanes for the most part. There were still the plays where he spun out one was just a a wild over-pursuit on a third down that allowed him to spin out. But they bottled him up, created that pocket, and then just kind of suffocated around Mm -hmm. him. And downfield, the corners did a really good job. Uh, I thought, you know, when they went and they scored the touchdown, the only touchdown pass that Caleb Williams had, they went to Brendan Rice. Triquiz Bridges made a phenomenal play on the football because he had his hand on the back of Brendan Rice with his right hand, and when the ball came, he took his hand off, went in front, slapped the ball down. How many times we see that play happen where you keep your hand on the back and that's where the flag comes out? Right, 100%. They went back and they ran the exact same play the very next play. And it was a throw that Caleb Williams should not have thrown that ball, but he's so damn good. There were a couple of those where he had no business throwing the football, but he is so good, he made that throw. And defense, you can do nothing about it. Outside of just a handful of throws, I thought Oregon did a phenomenal job 
I, against against Caleb Williams in yeah, that offense. I think this is the best the defense has played because everyone's going to look at the Notre Dame game and they're going to go, well, Notre Dame created three turnovers. Yeah. You go back and you watch those. It's Caleb Williams overthrowing a wide-open tight end that gets the ball right to his mm-hmm. safety, and then it's pressure in his face, and he starts trying to force things into two and uh, three-man coverages on one guy, right? Yep. So when I look at this Oregon game, well, they only created the one turnover, should have had the second fumble if a USC O-lineman isn't paying attention, jumps right on it. They had the best game plan because they stopped him without having to get the turnovers, mm-hmm. right? They had D linemen who were rushing the passer but staying in their lane. I thought Brandon Dorless, and not enough people are going to talk about it, he had the best game because he was getting that pressure yeah. up the middle. When teams have gotten pressure on USC, it's because they beat the tackles. Well, Caleb can step underneath and then get back outside. When Dorless was pressing that pocket forward mm-hmm. and they had pressure off the outside edges, Caleb couldn't step up. He had to try and do that loop where he bounces outside. And he's such an athlete that there are going to be times where he beats guys just because he's that much of a freak. But for the most part, they were able to pressure him. They had three sacks. They had another like four or five QB hurries. He never felt comfortable in the pocket all game long. They got his shots on him. And they they played fantastic. The weird thing is, is I think this is the first week where another team has had more defensive players get tackles than Oregon. <laughs> Oregon usually has like yeah. 20 guys with tackles. In this game, it only ends up being, I'm trying to do quick math, but it only ends up being like 15 dudes. Quick math never works on this. No, but USC yeah. USC had, you know, four, four or five more guys with mm-hmm. tackles. That's a very different game plan than what Lanning usually does. I think he went with the guys he trusts the most and said, we need this much out of you. We need extra this week. And yeah. they delivered. I will, uh, I'll say to that pressure that Dorless put, put on on the quarterback he did they did a really good job Casey Rogers Jordan Birch too on kind of mm. that that vice grip that they were doing is, is but what I thought was really impressive was they were bringing linebackers off the edge and a linebacker and a defensive end completely different rush technique and right I thought they did a really good job of staying disciplined too because if you're just going to bring your ends straight up field mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is too good He's Lincoln Riley's too dominate. good of a play caller mm-hmm. they are they are going to figure that out real quick but the way that they were, you know, pinching down with the ends and then bringing a linebacker around off the edge, it gave USC headaches to the point where you saw them doing quarter rolls and half rollouts because they didn't trust their protection. Yeah, they had to get him moving. And it, if he's already moving, he can then run, too. That was the only way to slow down the pass rush. They even tried screens and screens weren't working because Oregon was so disciplined. It it was an all around impressive performance from that Oregon defense, and it might be a it might be a bit of a leap. Yeah, but you're starting to see that Georgia defense that Landing ran two years ago, where there's a bunch of dudes and they have a bunch of different ways of creating pressure and creating life, uh, creating havoc on quarterbacks. You're starting to see that rear its head with this Oregon team. The final score, not indicative of of kind of how that game played out, and you know there's a lot of other points that we can get to on that game, mm-hmm. including Bo Nix, now the Heisman frontrunner. Yeah, coming out of that he one. Should be. He uh, should be. In some betting markets. And then what did USC's defense do to change? Because I thought offensively for the Ducks, they came in with a game plan that we all thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um and they had to adjust pretty quickly because USC's different defense was not the same defense we saw a week ago or throughout the course of this season. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.